and welcome to Media Plus, a new podcast from the Mac Observer, looking at Apple as a media company. And there's been a lot going on since we were last here, since the last episode, including a load of new shows on TV Plus. But according to a story this week, those of us in Europe may not be able to see some of it. I'm really delighted to be joined today by Adrian Weckler, who is the tech editor over at the Irish Independent and the Irish Independent on Sunday, um, who who brought this story to my attention and to the attention of lots of others and who can outline it for us. Thank you so much for joining me, Adrian. Oh, thanks, Charlotte. So where do we start? This week, well, last week when people will be listening to this, the Irish government published legislation, which, as I understand it, is in enacting a proposal from the EU, which mm. says 30% of content on any streaming service must come from Europe if you want that service to operate in Europe. Basically, yeah. So it's 30% of any uh, on-demand video streaming service like Netflix, Amazon, Disney+, Plus, Apple TV+, Plus, with over 1% of market share. So that's that's the platforms we're talking about. And this yeah. comes from a European directive. Now, for uh, those who aren't familiar with European uh, legislation, in the European Union, we have directives and legislation leg- uh, regulations. A directive, when it is adopted by the European Union, European Union meaning all of the member states and the European Parliament, It then gives the individual member states uh, a year or two years to transpose that into their own laws. And that's what's happening now. This directive was actually passed a couple of years ago. And the countries of the European Union, which will soon, by the way, not include Britain, but um, the rest of the... Technically, uh, it doesn't. uh, Yeah, technically, it doesn't (laughs) at the moment we're recording, but yes. Right. Well, I think January 1st is the hard deadline, Uh, isn't it? That's that's, that's, that's when all the the fun kicks off. But so what's happening now is all of those... (laughs) <laughs> well, well, actually, I, I'm sitting in Dublin and, and physically sometimes I do have to go there. But anyway, yeah. um, uh, what's happening is all of the countries around Europe are now transposing that European law into their own national law. Now, here's where it gets interesting, because Netflix, for example, is based in Holland in the European Union. So that means that it's the Dutch regulator, the Dutch government that will have to make sure that Netflix abides by European regulations in Ireland. It's Apple. it's Apple. Apple has a massive operation in Ireland down in Cork, 6,000 people. And Apple TV Plus, for the purposes of Europe, is based in Ireland. Now, that means that it is the Irish government and the Irish regulator that will have to tell Apple, who, by the way, are well aware of this, um, but they'll have to tell Apple that from, I think, the middle of next year or so, if they don't have 30% of their catalogue that is shown in the European Union um, that is made up of European content, TVs, uh, uh, series, uh, movies. And by the way, there are details there as to you know what counts as a title and whether yeah. it's a series and a season. Um, if they don't, then they'll start with fines. And then if they don't, if they just pay the fines and don't uh, uh, boost the catalogue to 30%, They'll shut it off. They'll block it from from broadcasting around the European Union. Which is, yeah, I mean, it's really interesting, this, because there's all sorts of issues at play, some of which are for this show, some of which are for the BBC's Brexit cast or something. But let's focus on the bit that are for this show. One, Apple TV Plus seems to be particularly vulnerable. You pointed out this in, Mm. in some of your tweets, whereas Netflix probably can find a way that 30% of its catalogue is European. Mm. Well, Netflix is complicated because... 
I mean, Atlantic is complicated because if you drive across the border from Spain to France and then to Germany, it's actually a slightly different catalogue in every different country, depending on rights. But yes, they have, if you're watching Netflix in Europe, there's actually quite a lot of European content right. on there. A lot of German shows, Spanish shows, French shows. I don't think they're at 30%, but they they would have quite a lot. Apple, I mean, no, I Apple has only started in the last year. So it's very, uh, Apple and Disney Plus would be the two most exposed in, in I Europe. Think I think mean, that's there's right. very, very little European content. Having read through now, it all, it seems to be a, a particular problem for Apple TV Plus. Mm. And as you say, Disney, there's a couple of shows there's a couple of movies and shows in the works that are based come from British studios because here's an interesting yep. point. Even though Britain, by the you know, is is leaving the EU, has left the EU, mm. um, British content will still count towards the quota. It's a, it's a very odd one. Yeah, it's a very odd one. I mean, they it, it, it's to do with audiovisual federations as well around Europe, and there are loose associations, and the European Union takes that into account. But if Europe's uh, rationale here is to try and protect diversity of language and culture, which is what it says this law is there to do, then, you know, Game of Thrones, for example, is filmed almost entirely in Europe, in, in Britain. Yeah. So where does that sit in terms of uh, and there's European stuff, culture? Yeah, and there's stuff in pipeline from British studios, because obviously, you know, the TV and movie industry in the UK is a huge, huge industry. It's really globally mm -hmm. significant. Visual effect, hugely significant. There's a reason why Apple has picked some of the shows from here. And Yeah, I mean, there's a big show um, being filmed at the moment. Apple Apple itself is filming a big show in Limerick in Ireland yep. based on the uh, Isaac uh, Asimov novels uh, foundation yep. series. Now, the thing about there's that is... Trying as well, which was the first really European British thing on the server. Mm -hmm. the, the thing about the TV series is that the way the European law directive frames it, a season of a series, even if it's 20 episodes, is only one title. So you could have um, a bunch of short films or, you know, individual cartoons and they might, you know, add up to 10 or 20 different titles. One long season uh, of you pick whatever series you want. Yeah actually counts for one title it, yeah. it will only allow that to be counted as a second title for a second season of the same series so there are quite a lot of interesting little little rules here one of the one of the rules i'm most interested in actually because in theory you and i could say well it's fine apple just needs to go and buy up uh you know an old catalog of czech cartoons from you know the 1970s and, and you know yeah. all sorts of ancient stuff and then reach now it can do that but there is a, a, a clause in the European legislation which says for the purposes of this counting as 30%, it has to promote it as well. So it has yeah. to have some of it on the homepage. It has to suggest some of it in the yeah. normal way that it does. It you can't know? just be buried in the kind of nope. at the bottom of the page under the fold where no one's ever going to nope. see it and they spend a little bit of money that's less than the fines. Yeah, and, and this is where the... The focus, I'm sure, for Apple, um, as it always is in terms of Ireland, will be on the regulatory commission, the regulator, what they consider, what, what the understanding is about essentially what they can get away with mm. um, uh, to count as a European uh, content. Um, so, yeah. 
It's it's going to be an English, a really interesting one to watch develop. And there's a couple of other things I want to unpack with you. First of all, and this is almost entirely self-centered, this question. Is there a situation whereby I would have Apple TV Plus and you would not? Because why? Because... Because this is a piece of because yeah because this is a piece of EU legislation that's being enacted Um, by the Irish government. My understanding is that um, I I I believe that is the case. I believe that the UK, once outside the European Union, um, won't be a subject to regulatory decisions across the European Union that an Irish or a French or a Dutch uh, a regulator imposes unless that is part of the ongoing negotiations and yes. deal between Boris Johnson and von der Leyen. So I, I can't answer that definitively um, because there are an awful lot of protocols in the negotiations, as you know, between Britain and the European <laughs> Union as to what rules the, 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 you know, the British will sign up to, what they will observe, et cetera, et cetera. That might be one of them. I don't know. But, uh, but otherwise, no, it, it, it is possible that... Um, yeah, so for a quick bit of context for listeners listening outside uh, of Britain and, and Europe, um, Adrian and I are recording this show at the point where we're at, I think the 5,000th Brexit deadline is looming on us uh, and there are the kind of final negotiations going on. And so everything is slightly up in the air, what Brit- what things will look like, perhaps even by the time this show airs, because we're recording it on a Friday and it will air on a Tuesday. So... That, that's why Adrian said we're not 100% sure of these things yet, because frankly, we're not. But yeah, and, so, I mean, so, you, you talk about it, you talk about a Tuesday, and we're Friday and Tuesday. I mean, I'm not expecting really us to know until the end of December. Right. Yeah. I mean, so no. there, there's lots of moving parts in this. Yeah. But what seems, what has happened is the Irish government is very definitively implementing, it seems, this EU directive for whoever it, it applies it, it, to. It has to because um, the. It's funny that this basic idea of a quota of a, of a, mm. a quota on content on video sharing platforms, it was agreed to and pushed mostly by continental European uh, countries. But ironically, they've really dragged their heels in implementing it in their own countries. So much so that the European Commission this week. Uh, has uh, last week rather has opened proceedings against 23 of the 27 EU countries to actually get their backsides in gear and and implement it. So the Irish government, as well as other governments, is actually a little bit late in, in coming to this. So uh, I uh, happened to talk to and interviewed the the government minister here, Catherine Martin, who is responsible for drawing up the legislation in Ireland that will oversee this. And I asked her specifically, look, are you really going to look Apple in the face, Tim Cook in the face, and say, I'm shutting off your Apple TV Plus uh, platform all around Europe? all around?" And she said, she shrugged and said, look, um, this is a European directive. I mean, it's not really the Irish government's choice Um Ireland and Apple have a pretty friendly relationship. Yeah, Ireland has I, to buy I, I am actually gonna- Apple. Yes, I, I'll. Um, I'll uh, yes, I want to discuss that when we, if we have a few minutes mm-hmm. in, because it's a very interesting broader story that we have covered at the Mac Observer around tax and yep. you know the Irish government's 
very warm welcome of Apple and so on. So that's it. Which, which, the, which by the way, it won a case. It won. It uh, did. Both Apple and, and Ireland won that case. And in fact, not only did they win it, uh, but at the European Court, and, and I'm sure we can get into this in a few minutes. But the, I mean, the European Court essentially blew the European Commission out of the court. I mean, said like your case is flimsy. So yeah. that's an interesting to, uh, but for the purposes of this discussion. Um, what was interesting to me was here's a government minister who says, look, I've no choice. I have to tell Apple that we're going to pull the plug, you know, on your entire uh, video streaming service around Europe, because that's what European law says we have to do. Yeah. And then you also have to go, someone might have to go to Disney and have the same conversation. Yeah. And now I think, I think Disney's, but it's either France or the UK that Disney is based in. Um, that if for the purposes of Disney Plus, um, I mean, it's an interesting time to be talking about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, seen it, this week, it, Disney now has, I think, is it 87 million uh, paid subscribers? It's yeah, up from they, 72 million. The latest numbers, I think, were 87 million. And there seems to be about that number of shows and movies on the way as well. From yeah. what I've read from so, there. I mean, the, the reaction that I've seen from people in the US um, is this is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, how can you have a, you know, a quota of content that is shown on the other hand? And and in one sense, I understand the sentiment. I mean, I remember in the 1990s when the French had a a law, I think it survived quite a long time stating that you had to have a certain amount of uh, French content on the radio. And it got to the point where they were introducing U2 as U2 and UB40 as UB40, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it actually was getting to an extraordinary level. On the other hand, it's not unusual in Europe to have state-subsidized broadcasting and content quotas. Um, and in one sense, you can kind of understand why. You can kind of understand why. I mean, in the UK, you have the BBC. That is essentially a massive state-funded um, uh, broadcasting essentially to preserve British cultural values in Britain so it's not swamped by American uh, culture without getting too deep into the weeds of the BBC licence fee debate the BBC see the British government and the BBC see the BBC as a very important arm of soft power around the world of the BBC world and the BBC world service in particular as hugely important Uh, so you're right there are all these kind of cultural quota things that, that do exist but we're now in an age where I think people expect wherever they are in the world to basically be able to see the same thing. You know, I'm kind of irritated when I have to dig around to find out where happier season is or, you know, Mm. where these shows are. And Apple TV Plus was particularly unique in the sense that the content around the world was the same, that you – you really rightly pointed out at the earlier on in the show that in different countries, Netflix has different catalogs. It has the rights to different things in different countries. Um, and that is not the case with TV plus because it's all originals. It's, mm. you know, it's Apple's, it's Apple's shows. It's Apple's playground. They can play with what they want. They've got all the toys. It's, it's, it's a very, very interesting wider discussion there because while it could be presented as a, uh, a video streaming platform that's completely equal uh, on that. On the other hand, there's no question 
that Apple has an almost unique leveraging platform because it gives uh, subscriptions to TV Plus for a year to anybody who buys an iPhone, a Mac, uh, to Apple yeah. TV, uh, an iPad. Now, that's a little bit different from signing up to Netflix or yeah. signing up to, you know, to Disney Plus. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a, there's a fairly extraordinary like le- power leverage thing that goes on there. So in terms of Apple being kind of a great crusader for a, a, a leveler here, I can buy that argument, but I, there's also another side to it. Yeah, there absolutely is. And it's not so much a leveler as in it's, you know, trying to create a level playing field with uh, with its competitors. By definition, it's trying to win. It's trying to win eyeballs. Mm-hmm. It's trying to win subscribers. It's the the other unique thing about Apple in the context of TV Plus is it has a other array of services that it bundles it into. We've seen it with the Apple One bundle that is mm-hmm. none of its direct competitors to TV Plus can offer. You know, we've seen it with That's a true. whole number yeah. of shows. The most recent one, don't laugh, is the Mariah Carey Christmas special. We've suddenly seen that TV Plus has Mariah Carey Christmas special. She appears on Apple Music Radio. The soundtrack is available on Apple Music a week before it's available anywhere else. Um, you know, the same, they did the same similar thing with the Bruce Springsteen documentary. You mm. buy the, buy the album that the documentary is about on Apple Music. He's does interviews. It's a much more rounded media package mm. that the other competitors by definition not have. Netflix isn't going to have a radio station, doesn't do podcasts. It doesn't sell music. It's a different company. No. And as you say, it doesn't sell the hardware on which you consume its content either. No, and, and it also doesn't make a billion euro a week in profit. Right. You know? So, I mean, because this is the problem that Apple is going to have um, with in, 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 if there's any pushback against this, which there won't be now because it's, it's a directive, it's passed into law. But at the time, if, if it's a company like Apple, for example, that's pushing back on this, you know, picture the scene, the lobbyist uh, walks in and has a meeting with a Belgian or a French commissioner who knows that Apple makes a billion euro a week and, and Apple says, this is completely unfair on us. You're stamping down, you know, it, it's a difficult, the, the terms of the conversation, the context conversation um, are difficult. The other thing I would say, and I don't really don't mean to come across as a, like a supporter of this law, because I do think it's a bit weird, but for those Americans in particular who think this is ridiculous or it's outrageous, Americans are not unknown to have their own nationalist cultural sensitivities if you had a scenario where a bunch of chinese um uh broadcasters bought up a lot of rights and started broadcasting really popular wall-to-wall chinese it would not be long until that was a political issue in the u.s so or indeed irish italian yeah french sure. language absolutely so it, like if you're in a scenario you could go to quebec i mean yeah. if you're quebecois you know, they have sensitivities over the over the French language there. Um, mm-hmm. If you're Italian or, or or French or German, and you're seeing just these massive video uh, platforms that are all American, most of the stuff on it is American. And fair play to them, by the way. It's they, they've come very well made. It's very entertaining. We all watch them. You know, but you're starting, like in the UK, for example, instead of Guy Fawkes Night or whatever whatever it is, you're starting to see kids go around now trick-or-treating, you know? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's completely fine. I mean, you know, that's that's the way culture goes, and that's language, and we we all it, it's a very very evolving thing. But it becomes a little bit more sensitive when it's your language, you know, when yes. when and and your kids and 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 it's a way of life, and and you you think that your behavior and your cultural values are wrapped up in that, and really what's happening is all the TV that people are watching are loaded with cultural values from somewhere else. Now that's life. I mean, we accept that in, in Ireland. We certainly accept that we've, we've had to live with that for centuries. You know, that's totally fine, but you know, I can understand what the sensitivities are around. Certainly. I mean, and this, this is not particularly a new phenomena in the sense that America, American culture has always, for, for, you know, certainly, certainly in my 33 years or th- of being around and a, it has always seeped into our culture, you know, watch, you know, turning on a channel called E4 in the UK and it was wall-to-wall friends, followed mm-hmm. then by, you know, scrubs or something. You know, we've always had those things and you're totally right. It clearly has a cultural impact. Um, that has been, I have no doubt, on all sorts of issues, exacerbated on social media and increased on social media. Um, and, you know, that is, there's all sorts of, big political issues around globalization and all those kind of things we can talk about. But I think it's perfectly valid for you to say, well, if you are talking, you know, it's one thing for us to feel that as uh, an English person and an Irish person, this is not the setup for a very bad joke, by the way. Um, (laughs) What could you borrow? Yeah, exactly. Who, you know, speak the same language as Mm. our friends across the Atlantic. If you, we don't speak, you know, but if you're French, Italian, uh, Spanish, whatever, you know, not even seeing your language directly reflected in those shows is definitely a thing. I think that's a totally valid point. And mm. you can sort of see why if you're the EU and you have a block of all these different competing cultural interests, you go and the and all the platforms that are operating in your area are not really reflecting that. Although... Netflix has actually put a big emphasis on what it would call, I think, world content, hasn't it, from all over? It has. And to, the interesting thing about that is it's not doing that to be nice or to be philanthropic. It's doing that because it believes that that will help its growth and that that's what those local markets want. And, I mean, it's right. I mean, if you yeah. look at yeah, yeah, the... Yeah. Um, that you know, it, it doesn't really break down its figures in terms of what... But anytime you get talking to the Netflix executives... Lucky enough, I've managed to interview Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos a couple of times. And anytime I've asked them about questions like this, they emphasize the importance of local content for niche. Because the, the way that Netflix works, as you know, is um, a lot of what drives their subscription model is niche-based stuff. You might yeah. have no interest in 95% of the stuff, but if you like, for example, vampire movies and you think they're going to make a vampire movie, you'll stay on the uh, Plus on the have service. a back catalogue of related vampire movies. Absolutely. You're seeing with Disney Plus. I mean, yeah. I, I I would bet you there of the 87 million subscribers of Disney Plus, apart from the 50 million who are there, obviously, because they've got kids, young kids, I'd say five or 10 million are there for The Mandalorian alone. I'd say that's a tenfold. For sure. Uh, a t- you know, a t- so, you know, Netflix have all this cultural content for commercial reasons. So, but what we're What's odd about this one, and I'm sure the reason we're talking is this is by law, this is by dictat, mm. by mandate, and I'm, and I know that some people will instinctively feel that 
this is just wrong. It's telling you what to think. It's telling you what to watch. But I would suggest that, I'd say you're not wrong if you argue that, but I would suggest that you just broaden it out to take um, cognizance of, you know, why it is being introduced. And by the way, 70% of a service being uh, American, it's not bad. I mean, that's still a lot. It it is a lot. I think, and to sort of begin wrapping up, I think if you're Netflix, you're probably not that worried. You do, you kind of in this game anyway, you can probably increase it a bit. It's probably not that big a concern to you. I think if you're Apple TV, because of the interesting political situation we've outlined in which you're, he- you're headquartered in Ireland um, and that is, you know, you've already had one round with the EU over tax in which the Irish government has backed you and, you, you know, you've been on the same side. So there's an interesting dynamic there. Plus you're only making originals. So as you say, you can't, you're not really likely to just go and buy a load of back catalogue stuff, which obviously Apple could do in, with the change it finds behind the sofa. Um, mm. So that I, Apple, I think, is in a particularly uniquely vulnerable situation. And also, yeah. I think, I mean, do you want to be the government that tells kids in Europe you, they can't watch Disney? I mean, yeah. that's not <laughs> know, yeah, a good look, a good is point. it? Like, it's not a good look with the parents either. Isn't correct. And so you might find that that somehow gets fudged. Would be my guess. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're into all sorts of other considerations yeah. there as to what what voters react to. By and large, the practice of subsidised broadcasting in Europe and protections for content—it's not unpopular. In Europe, no. it, it, you, you wouldn't say that it's an election winner, but it's not unpopular. So I don't think that, you know, engaging in a ground war on those terms um, will necessarily pay off for any of the big platforms. But you're right. Apple is in a unique, it's an excellent point you make. It's in a unique position, really, because of its uh, position on originals. But that is Apple's choice. I mean, yep. it's not really up to Europe to no, no, say, exactly. well, yeah. And given that you you told us at the beginning of the show that this the European directive is, you know, is not didn't come around last week. It was a couple of years old. You said two years, two years ago. It was fine, and actually, it was finalised two years ago. So it had been in discussion for about two years before that. So, you know, Apple will have been aware that this was coming, especially given that it had clearly its own plans for TV yeah, and, Plus for some and, time before it actually launched it. And a decent, you know, a relationship with the Irish government. So there, it's a very unique situation. And uh, what's your, I, I'm going to uh, sort of hold, hold your feet to the fire. What's your prediction? In, if we have this conversation in six months, a year's time, are you still going to be able to access Apple TV Plus? I think I will. My what I my gut tells me that when this is transposed, when this is actually passes the parliament here in Ireland, probably sometime around the middle of next year, I think Apple will be given some time to get its uh, catalogue up to thirty percent. I think uh, they will be called in and asked about it, um, and I think they may attract a fine at some point. The Europeans will be trying to gang up. Uh, there's no love for love lost for Apple among continental Europeans at the moment. So there will be maybe some pressure uh, there to, uh, you know, to 
to, to implement this law and, and enforce it. But I, I can't see a scenario realistically in the next two or three years where it is completely shut off because it's such a drastic, you know, end, uh, end result that I think they'll be given a lot of chance. To but like Apple is stubborn. You know, you, you know it and I know it. I mean, they're a great company. They have amazing products. They, in many ways, they have an amazing culture. But one of the their yeah. traits is they're very stubborn. They don't yeah. like being told what to do. They don't like being told they have to compromise their encryption. They stood up to David Cameron on that, stood up to Barack yeah. Obama on that, to Donald Trump on that. And they don't like being told what to do with their products. Now, sometimes they do give an inch. They will, if, if, if the odds against them are just huge, Occasionally, China asks them to do something. If the odds against them are huge, um, they do sometimes go halfway. But there's no halfway here. They will actually have to yeah. um, to get to thirty percent. Well, maybe now then is the time. If you're a European uh, content producer, to uh, drop Tim Cook or uh, Zach Van Amber, dust off J- your pilot scripts. Get, get those over because they may they may well need you in the near future. Adrian, thank you so so much for joining me and laying this out. Tell me where we can read all your stories on this and other tech topics and keep in touch with you. Independent.ie. You can also find me on Twitter at Adrian Weckler. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I'm Charlotte Henry. I'm obviously always over on themacobserver.com and at Charlotte A. Henry on Twitter. But until next time, please do subscribe to the show, share it with anyone else you think might be interested, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.